Today's program brought to you by Union Beer, purveyors of world-class ales and lagers. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. This is a special recording, the Bronx Beer Show. This is New York City Beer Week. We're doing a special pre-record up in the Bronx at the New Bronx Brewery with uh, Chris and Damien. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. Today is Tuesday, February 24th, and we're in the Bronx. All right. Thank you to our sponsors, Union Beer Distributor, supplier of world-class ales and lagers. Jack, it's a pre-record. You're going to edit that. Thank you. If you have questions for our guests today, you can tweet us at, at beer underscore sessions. Thanks so much. We've got some great guests tonight. We've got Chris Gallon and Damian Brown, the Bronx Brewery. You guys, I'm so proud of you. When I first met you, you were self-distributing, and uh, now you've got your own brewery in the Bronx. So congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. So it must mean a lot to you. Um, it's, it's New York City Beer Week. You know, just tell us a little bit about what you went through to open your brewery, because, uh, you know, there's how many breweries in New York City now? There must be, like, at least 13. Over. No, there's close to 20, I guess. Well, physical breweries, I think it's 16. Is it? Okay. Yeah, about 15, yeah. yeah, physical and over 20. So just in a, a few oh, short years since you guys started? Yeah, it's, I, it's been a while. It's been a long time coming for us. I uh, met Chris probably, what, four years ago? 2010. Yeah, four years, years ago and uh, four or five years ago. And uh, yeah, uh, opened the doors here in September, did our first brew. And uh, so yeah, it's a long time coming. It's been a great ride. Uh, obviously, we're enjoying brewing beer here in the Bronx and uh, getting people into the tasting room and seeing what we're doing. So, well, it's quite a way out here. I, mean, I think one thing about Beer Week is visiting all the new breweries. I mean, you can go out to Glendale and, and go to Finback and go up to Gun Hill Road to Gun Hill. You get David Lopez is here from, from Gun Hill. And coming out here to the Bronx, it was, it was quite a ride. I took the Willis Avenue Bridge from Manhattan. And where are we right now? Because I drove around for, for a few few times. Yeah, so we're, we're in Port Morris. Uh, so we're basically as far southeast in the Bronx as you can get. So it's uh, three stops in the Bronx on the 6th train or right off the uh, RFK or right off at 87. So pretty easy to get to. Yeah, we're on 136th Street. So It's pretty awesome. It, it seems like the breweries are going into neighborhoods where there's nothing. I mean, is, that, is that kind of what has to happen for you guys for real estate? Well, I mean, I think if you're a brewery and you need you know, 10,000 square feet and you need 25-foot high ceilings, you've got to go into a neighborhood that has that, that sort of building available. And, uh, and that's what this neighborhood is. I mean, this is a pretty industrial neighborhood, so there's a lot of uh, artist lofts around here. There's a lot of moving storage places around here. There's a couple of uh, factories around here. So this is, this is where you go if you want to make stuff in the city. That's a great place. I was really impressed. You got a nice tasting room. You got a 20, 20 barrel system. Um, thanks for having us, man. Right. Yes, yeah. we're in the Bronx. Glad in the Bronx. So we also got special guests. We got the guys from uh, where are you guys from? <laughs> the Bronx Beer Hall. Bronx okay. Beer Hall. So yes. Paul and Anthony. Correct. Yes, and uh, where is that? Bronx Beer Hall is actually located in the Little Italy section of the Bronx, um, right in the heart. Well, it's right in the heart of the Belmont section of the Bronx, Little Italy, real Little Italy of New York. So we're inside the Arthur Avenue retail market. All right, and our buddy James Langstein from Bronx Ale House. You were the first good Brazil bar in the Bronx. 
Yeah. Um, what is that? Four, five years ago now. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're five and a half years uh, on Two Thirty Eighth Street in the Kingsbridge Riverdale area. Um, things are going well. It's great to see you know beer bars like the Bronx Beer Hall join us, and definitely you know in the last year two breweries uh, with physical breweries here in the Bronx. So it's kind of a the last frontier for beer in New York City, I guess. Well, cheers, cheers to the Bronx. Oh, cheers, 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 cheers. cheers. Um, <laughs> You know, Damon, when when we first met you, you were self-distributing to Jimmy's Number Forty Three and some other other places, mm-hmm. and uh, I was really impressed with you guys' work work ethic. Um, but you, you've always impressed me as a brewer. And I think Thank the you. first time that I interviewed you, you 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 went to UC Davis. You're one of the top students. So tell us about your background and, and what it takes in you know this new world of craft beer to, to make it as a brewer. Uh, well, thanks. Uh, yeah, so my background, I started, uh, like most people, homebrewing uh, 10, 15 years ago. Just kind of fell in love with beer. Tried to find a way to, you know, make a living out of it. And uh, worked as an assistant brewer and a brewer at a small brewery in Virginia for a couple of years. And, um, yeah, and then eventually decided to take the leap and went back to school for a brewing science degree at Davis. And then... Moved out to New York to start on this project, and here we are. So that's my background. I think, um, yeah, it's, you know, formal education definitely helps. I think the biggest challenge for, you know, turning a love of beer into a career is just finding the right people to work with and, you know, sticking through the hard times. It's certainly a challenge to get something like this up and running. Well, I was, I was in the brewery with you before, and you've got a canning line. You've got some barrel-aged casks going on. Um, tell us a little bit about the brewery that you set up and you know what, what you're going to be doing with it. Yeah, so uh, we think we have a, a nice little setup here. It's a 20-barrel brew house, uh, 20 and 40-barrel cellar tanks. Um, and the bulk of the beer that we make here will go into either kegs or cans. Uh, so we have a canning line from cask. Uh, all of our brew house and cellar tanks are from DME up in Canada. And... Um, yeah, uh, we do some barrel aging here. We've got a bunch of barrels that are ready to be emptied. Uh, we're going to be releasing some of our uh, mezcal barrel aged black for beer week and some tequila barrel aged pale ale for beer week. And those will all go into either kegs or uh, 22 ounce bottles. So we have a small tabletop bottle filler. Um, but the brew house is small, um, gives us a lot of flexibility in uh, doing you know specialty seasonal beers and one offs and. Uh, so, yeah, excited to have it. And then, Chris, you guys have big plans, don't you? I mean, you have an outdoor space. Are you, you going to have a yeah. tasting room? That's the plan, yeah. We, uh, we've got a big outdoor space. We'll show you guys after. It's about 5,000 square feet. So we, uh, we're hoping to get a lot of people here in the summer. Um, you know, having the outdoor space in New York is, is somewhat unique. So we're, we're pretty pumped to just fill it with picnic tables. And there's nothing better than drinking a beer uh, in the sun. But we have, like, some of the, the best beer guys in the Bronx here. So let's go around the room and, and each, each of you talk about the beer that you're drinking, if you know which one you're drinking, because Bronx says you have quite a few uh, different beers now. That's a good question. What are you drinking? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell I'm drinking the, the seasonal, correct? Yeah, you are. Um, it's the first time I've had it, and 
Uh, I should have stuck my gum out before I drank it. <laughs> so I don't think there's mitten there. But, but, uh, it's okay to chew gum and drink beer. It's time. never okay, but you know, I couldn't find a garbage can. It's a new space. I want to sit on the floor. You know. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. You know, um, I, hate to, I, hate to, I hate to say anything about the Bronx, but a friend of mine works at the DA's office, and he said that the Bronx is the best borough to, to commit murder in. But should we talk about The that? best borough to commit Well, you know, <laughs> before I talk about the beer, let me talk about that. Um, so before we open the beer hall, my brother and I actually own a company uh, whose mission was to help improve the image of the Bronx. So the Bronx gets a pretty bad rap um, with you know crime and murder and that sort of thing. <laughs> um, and so part of our whole mission was to make sure the Bronx, uh, we know, to show the Bronx in a positive light. And I think you know um, that's part of the reason the whole beer scene is even t- kicking off in the Bronx right now as well. It's uh, it's not only the last frontier for beer, as James rhymed earlier, but it's also. Um, you know, it's New York City's proudest borough, and there's a lot to be proud of. There's a lot of great locations here. I mean, you guys have a great space here. Um, the Ale House, we've been, we were going to the Ale House for, for years. Five and a half years. Before we decided <laughs> that we didn't want to travel that far to drink. So, <laughs> and we opened our own, our own bar. Um, so I think, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I want to say there's a lot of great things going on. And, and uh, I'm enjoying a seasonal ale that you should not drink with gum. <laughs> um, but I, 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 enjoying is the word. I really like it. And I... Uh, it's my first time having it. So, yeah, so I'll, t- yeah. I'll tell you about the beer. Let's, 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 say, let yeah, Damien talk more about yeah. what's in here. It's, uh, <laughs> so that's our spring uh, seasonal. It's a first release. actually a series of beers. Um, we've put through our hop back. And so it's the same base beer that we're putting through this vessel that you can infuse different things in. Uh, so this one we did with juniper berries that we got <laughs> from uh, our friends at the New York Distilling Company. So the same juniper that goes into their gin. And um, the second of the series that we're going to release in uh, about two weeks, we'll have, uh, we put rhubarb in the hopback. And the third will be uh, cranberries from a farm. What do you want by the hopback? So it's a, I can show you guys down at the brew house. It's a small vessel that uh, you can run the, the boiled wort through before it goes to the whirlpool. So we have a three vessel brew house. And so after you've boiled the, the wort and uh, you're about to transfer to the Whirlpool. You can run it through this vessel. It's a small uh, three-barrel vessel, and it has a false bottom at the, at the bottom of it. You can put stuff in it and run the hot wort through it as you pump to the Whirlpool. So we've done that with three different things with the same beer. And, uh, so last, you just put ju- this one's juniper. Yeah, so it's got juniper. So yeah, we've already brewed them all, yeah. uh, and they're all kegged. Uh, we're just waiting to release them in sequence. So... Right. Yeah, so that's what you guys are drinking, and I think you guys have the session IPA. And Chris, why do you not have a beer on the I, radio? I finished mine. I'm waiting for Andres to bring me a new one. <laughs> I saw him chugging earlier. Paul from Ross Beer Hall, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking the rye, actually. This is my first time having it. It's uh, delicious. It's uh, not too not too bitter, not too strong. It's got some good, just some good overall good flavor. Really easy, really easy to drink. It's nice. And do you carry a lot of Bronx beers? Uh, um, we carry yeah we carry what we what we do is we carry Bronx specific craft beer and beer from within New York State. So right now you know we have um, we have a variety of things on draft. We have uh, Mackenzie's Hard Cider. We have a Gun Hill Void of Light Stout. We have um, Omegang Wit on. Um, we have Finback uh, Red IPA, and then uh, 
I forget what the last one is, but we do five draft beers and, you know, we, we circulate and rotate really fast. We feature five different brands on a monthly basis. We do um, three to four different styles from each brand. So you have the opportunity to taste 15 to 20 beers from within New York State um, each month. That's great. Yeah. Damon, the rye. Tell us about that. I've had it yeah, before. so that, that used to be, that was our first, uh, our second beer that we made. That was our uh, first seasonal, a, a fall seasonal. Um, 6.3%. It's got a lot of rye in it. It's a quarter of the grain bills, malted and flake rye. So you get a lot of uh, that rye spice uh, to it. And then uh, the rest of the grain bill is all English malt from Muttons. And um, the hops are Chinook and Crystal. So very piney, woody, uh, which I think goes really well with the, with the rye spice. So that's now a year-round beer for us. You know, when I first met you, you really talked about your malts a lot. I know we brought along tonight uh, John Mallet from Bell's Brewery has a book out about malt, which is pretty cool. It's very dense, but there's a little bit of the history of malt. And I remember you were one of the first brewers who was talking to me about, about malt and how that... So, you know, from yeah, the UC Davis, tell yeah, us what malt means. No, I just think I'm really into malt. I, I like the way you I am. express yeah, I think, that in your beer. I know? think uh, a lot of our beers tend towards the malt more so than hops. I think balance is something we always strive for here at the Bronx Brewery rather than creating something incredibly esoteric. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, the malt stands through in most of our beers. Uh, so we spend a lot of time sampling different malts. Um, we work with a number of different malt suppliers all over the world, uh, German, Belgian, British, American, and... Yeah, I think, I mean, I like for that to shine through. I think it's, uh, I think a lot of people these days, you know, the very sexy thing in a lot of craft beer is hops and malt, sort of the the workhorse that doesn't get a ton of attention. But I like to, you know, put that forward in a lot of our beers. And then you said you might take a trip to England? To oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so we're going, yeah. So Mutton's, one of our big malt suppliers, is uh, taking a couple of their breweries to the UK to see, to take a tour of their malting facility. So looking forward to that. Uh, we'll be, yeah, touring uh, three or four of their facilities. Well, what are you going to see there? I mean, what, what's a malting facility like? Because we know that Sam Adams yeah. was, wasn't a brewer, he was really a maltster in the Revolutionary War era. So, you know, we have malt as the building block of beer. But what's a malt facility like? Uh, so, yeah, a malting house uh, has a bunch of vessels where grain is steeped and barley and other grains are basically tricked into thinking they're growing. Uh, there's a lot of enzymatic activity. It breaks down complex proteins, carbohydrates, and simpler ones. Plant starts to develop, and then the maltster at a certain point in the modification halts that process and kilns the malt introduces a bunch of flavor from that kilning process different temperature regimens different timing regimens and um that's sort of the building block of you know what we as brewers use to produce these beers so cool man what are you drinking james uh i'm also having a rye which uh i guess is a few years now since i first had it and um you know, um, I love the balance of the malt with, you know, certainly significant hot flavor, but not, you know, bordering on the, um, an IPA or, uh, and really focusing on the malt. Um, so just one of my favorites that 
Damien's made for a few years now. Well, this is really great, man. Just It's so cool. It's New York City Beer Week. Being Just up here at, at your new brewery. When did you guys open, Chris? So we opened in Just the... Uh, we started brewing here in September, and we opened up in October for the tasting room downstairs. And it's been good. There's been a lot more people um, in this neighborhood than we thought were in this neighborhood. You walk around during the day, and everyone's working here, so you don't see, uh, you don't see them. And, you know, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock rolls around, and they're all in the tasting room downstairs. So uh, it's, been, it's been really cool. Do they know about craft beer? Uh, yeah, I think some of them do. I think some of them are uh, very familiar with craft beer because it's all over the news. It's all over the bars. Uh, some people, are. this is their first experience with craft beer, so it's more of an education process, which is a lot of fun as well. So, so this, this week with, for craft beer week, what are the hours of your tasting room? So we'll be open uh, during the week, 3 to 9, and on the weekends, 12 to 8. And we're having a couple of events. We're having a big event for cans on the Friday craft beer week, which will be the 20th. Uh, we're having Kickoff, yeah. Yeah, that we're was having the other day, yeah. an event for local artists here on the 22nd. And then on the 28th, we're having an awesome event with those beers you mentioned earlier, which is the uh, Tequila Age and Mezcal Age beer. So we're having sort of a Mexico and the Bronx event. So we're going to have those beers. We're having so we should go out on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah the, distiller, the yep. distiller from uh, Scorpion Mezcal is going to come. And, uh, and we're going to. folks from Hemador as well for the tequila. Tell you, I, I would, if I was coming up to the Bronx for Beer Week, I would, I would check you guys out. I'd go to Gun Hill. Yeah. And I would go to the Bronx Ale House and uh, check out the, the Bronx Beer Hall, too, Arthur Avenue. All right, guys, we'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. Sessions Radio on Heritage Beer Network. Hey, it's New York City Beer Week. We're doing a special pre-record up in the Bronx. We're at the Bronx Brewery. And hey, this is how we're celebrating Craft Beer Week. We are in the Bronx with some great guys. Gun Hill, Bronx Brewery, Bronx Beer Hall, and Bronx Hill House. So we talked a little bit about, you know, how Bronx Brewery got started. We've been tasting some of their great beers. And we talked a little about malt, which is an important thing. And, you know, for New York City, uh, for New York Craft Beer Week, um, a number of the breweries in New York City... Uh, made a special beer called Smash State Malts and State Hops, which you're going to taste. And I know that Bronx made one, and Bridge and Tunnel, and and Six Point among, amongst others. But we've got uh, Damian Brown, the brewer here at uh, Bronx Brewery, and uh, Davey from uh, Gunhill. So you guys, we're talking about hops as well. So in, in the State Malt and State Hop beer, you got you guys had the malt, but you also had hops. So what do you, what do you think about the New York State uh, hops? You know, a lot of people are growing it. Um, were you able to find, you know, decent hops in sufficient quantity to make to make the beer for Beer Week, Daniel? Yeah, so we so for this beer we uh, we sourced hops. I think everyone from the Brewers Guild here in the city sourced hops from the same farm, uh, Peterson Farms, and certainly excellent quality for the hops that we received. Um, I think you, we were talking a bit offline about a, uh, a New York State hop conference that I had been to a few months ago. It was a, it was a combination hop growers conference and hop auction for breweries. And um, I think that, you know, the, my sort of takeaway from the conference was that, uh, you know, the, the industry is certainly on its way up here in New York, back on its way up. And I think, you know, it would be great to see growers focus on 
differentiating from other growers in, in the U.S. with uh, respective variety. I think brewers become accustomed to certain varieties of hops. You know, for right now, the, right now they're predominantly coming from the West Coast, and so a West Coast Cascade is drastically different than a Cascade grown here in New York. And it is what it is, and I think, uh, you know, New York growers ought to be focusing on growing varieties that can differentiate the industry here in the state. Well, so, which varieties do you think the New York I, should grow? I'm, I'm not a hop grower, so I, I wouldn't, <laughs> you know, venture a guess, but um, that that was the takeaway from my perspective as a brewer evaluating the hops that were, you know, shown to me. That said, the hops that we use in the smash beer, you know, were certainly of excellent quality, and I'm excited about the beer. Did you, did you get a sense from this conference that some of these guys, especially the ones that are starting out, because there are so many guys that are just starting out now, that they are doing what they perceive to be the safe hops to grow here because that's what they're told the terrain can handle? I think that's the way it goes, right? You're like, all right, hey, I got 10 acres of free land. Craft beer is exploding. They use hops. Hops used to be grown here. Uh, there's a lot of programs here trying to you know, improve this industry in the state. So what's everyone using? And they call breweries and like, oh, yeah, I use you know Cascade and Centennial and Chinook. And it's like, all right, I'll grow those hops for you. And, you know, I think it's just there's nothing wrong with the hops grown. It's just a set of, you know, the matter of expectations being what they are from brewers. And, you know, so... Right, but I mean, like, so my question is more, do you think that these guys, especially the ones that are starting out, because we actually have a, a teammate of ours who is starting a hop farm, yeah, and he put in, his first hops that he put into the ground were hops that he were he was told were the safest to grow here, just to test it out. From, like, an agronomical standpoint. Exactly. Yeah, to, to I mean, test it out and could, then that, see. that could be the case, and I could be, you know, completely wrong in understanding what varieties are even you know, possible to, to grow here, but I yeah, no idea. I think, <laughs> I, think I, I guess I was trying to answer the question yeah. from a business standpoint, yeah, yeah, yeah. variety wise. Yeah, yeah. I think people right. grow, we're trying to grow the safe hops and understanding that, Oh, the breweries are using these varieties. Let me grow them. There's always a market for cascade. Exactly. You know? But, but at the same time, my, my, sorry, my, this is like, I'm leading. I'm not just saying what I want to say is that these guys might be doing it to test the waters and then once they see how it comes out maybe yeah. they get a little bit more experimental yeah. I don't know I mean and yeah. if not that's the feedback yeah. we need to be giving it's, 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 I would say it's, it's, it's a new industry and I, I was on a call there's this thing that the New York State Craft Beer Working Group and it's like mostly agriculture Department of Agriculture Markets they have guys at Cornell they're, they're doing tests of all these farms and some guys you know there's Indian ladder farms they're up near Albany they, they, they've been growing hops and, and, and uh, grains they're just Roaring ahead and planning whatever they want and trying stuff out, but yep. there are guys that like Cornell. You know, they're, they're actually like they're, they want to do serious tests because they don't want farmers to commit. They need direction. They, you know, they don't want to commit to growing something that's going to fail. On yeah, and I think that was the point of the conference, right? They invited brewers to essentially a hop growers conference to give that kind of feedback, and so I think yeah. That, that being said, good, so these smash beers are really exciting. You know, I think at least ten New York City breweries made these special beers for Beer Week. So what are the ingredients? I mean, it was like certain malts and hops. It's three of each. So what, what, what are they? I'm trying to figure that out. Because all the beers I've had have been so good. The three hops were what? Um, Willamette? Willamette. Chinook and uh, Cascade. Was and are they from the same and farm? Peterson Farms. I don't know. So is, is it like a competition, though? That it, 
the, the, the ten breweries that made the smash beer. You're testing my memory here. We brewed it, we brewed it a couple weeks ago. Uh, I believe awesome. it was yeah, Willamette, Chinook, and Cascade from Peterson Farms. And then what about the malt? And uh, the malt was actually from Valley Malt in uh, Mass. From New York, right? Uh, and it yeah. was, uh, yeah, it was um, their two-row, a amber rye, and a crystal malt. So what, what was the challenge? You, you, each brewery had to make, use the same ingredients? So yeah, that, that was, uh, yeah, smash was same malts and same hops. But so you could use them you in could any, use them however you wanted, yeah, any yeah. proportion you wanted. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. I'm and, and everyone, cheers to you guys. I think I think this is one of the coolest uh, awesome. smash <laughs> ideas. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know that yeah. I'm Jimmy's yeah. number forty three. I got like, <laughs> yeah. I think I got smash yeah. beers from at least five or six yeah. breweries so far. So cool. It's really it's an exciting thing to do with beer week, you know. And then about, and about grains too, uh, you know, you guys. So, so you know. Davey at, at Gunhill, you got Christian, who's a longtime brewer. Yep. He won a GABF medal for the Void of Light, that, that foreign export stout. Um, what are you guys doing for Beer Week? Uh, I know so, you guys have been very active in it as well. Yeah, so we, um, we our smash beer is actually a, a rye strong ale. Um, we have a couple, um, probably going to be releasing a black IPA on Friday. Uh, well, actually, it'll be released in the Taster Room on Saturday, because Saturday is our one-year anniversary party. Um, and we are also going to be releasing a barrel-aged version of our Frosted Hop Strong Ale that we've been aging in um, Port Morris Distillery's Añejo barrels. Um, so we, ha- we have a bunch of events. We're, we're going to be at Brewer's Choice tonight. Um, we have a couple of events at... Uh, Love that event, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought you might, I thought you might like that. Um, and we're going to be at... We're gonna be at uh, we have two events at, at the Hudson Hotel... Um, Full disclosure, it's pre-recorded, but we're pretending, <laughs> we're pretending it's Tuesday, February 24th. But, you know, we're talking about beer week. So. Um, we're drinking a lot of good drinks. Not my first rodeo. Chris, what you brought us? What's this? I'm bringing this slightly darker. Uh, you're drinking the, the that's the spring. Yeah, I love this juniper. Thank you. So that's the one we also ran through rhubarb. We also ran it through cranberries in the batch two and batch three. Wow, that's great. I think that one is a rye. You can have some if you want. <laughs> 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 what are you doing at the Hotel? I'm just you didn't finish. Um, yeah, so there one night uh, it's it's all New York State IPAs. Oh wow! And then uh, Friday night it's actually a um, they're doing a competition for best stout, and the winner gets um, a line for for a month. Where's this? At the Hudson Hotel in their beer garden there. Nice, man. Very nice. That's really awesome. That's cool. So many great things happening for beer. I mean, so this, this is a great beer. Yeah. So this is the Hopback. Yeah, that third, the third malt was uh, a Vienna malt from uh, Valley Malt. You're good, man. I, I saw Damon's looking at you. Ter- ter- terrible <laughs> memory. <laughs> terrible memory. We talked a little bit earlier about, you know, I know you're into malt, and that's that's how you base your beers, and that's why you, know, you first made your first Bronx Pale Ale. That's what was so great about it. And I, I remember you talked about that on the air a couple of years ago. But um, so you know, you're going to go to England and check out the malting facility there. How are like some of these traditional? You know, where, where are the great malt regions first of all, and then how do they compare to the, the new malts that you're getting from New York in terms of like you know standards and what you're working with right now? I mean, it's a big question, but yeah, you know, if you're getting malts question. from England, Germany. So, yeah, I mean, for us, the the styles that we brew. Um, uh, the bulk of our base malts come from the UK, 
um, the U.S. and um, for some of them, uh, it's a, a German malt. Uh, malt's grown all over the place. A lot of tremendous malt is grown, you know, all over the world. Uh, barley's grown all over the world, and malt made all over the world as well. I think um, we, uh, yeah, we've. For whatever reason, the, the malts that we've chosen for our beers have been predominantly from those two countries. So, yeah, it is busy working for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so part, part of the key that, that we thought about, too, and this is obviously led by Damien, not by me, but it's you figure out what the varietal is, but then you have to find what malts you want to use. So we knew that we wanted to use Maris Otter, and then we went through a whole bunch of different maltsters before we finally settled on Muntins. Mm. Yeah, at least for the so, flagship, so... Yeah. Yeah, so you know, I think a lot of it's just looking at how malt will perform in your brew house, and then you know, uh, sampling it and looking at the flavor attributes, and just kind of working backwards from the concept you have in your mind for a beer, and picking the malts that work. And for us, you know, we've got principally four suppliers for all of our malt, and been happy with them. So, but. So the, the malt you get from like England or Germany, mm-hmm. they're they're pretty standard. If you order one, how do you tell, tell us the, the type of malt you order and how you order them? That's pretty interesting. Yeah, if I you're mean, home brewer, you're actually yeah, ordering each a, beer is different. I mean, uh, so for you know the the spring beer that we're you know we're selling now, we've used uh, most. It's all American malt. Um, but our pale ale has, you know, British and German and American malt. Um, what do you mean to say? Is it, it's coming in consistent. You know what to expect. It's coming consistent. Yeah, bad. absolutely. Every order yeah. you place, you get a certificate of analysis. And so you're able to analyze that particular lot of malt uh, and make any adjustments that you would need to in the brew house. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you contract forward for this stuff. You know, similar to hops, I think you know you it, you definitely develop relationships with the maltsters like you do with hop growers, and so it, you know it's it's not something to overlook. It's it's a uh, it's a key, obviously a, a key so raw that, material. That's where the flavor comes from, right? The malts. It's where a lot of the flavor comes from. Yeah, I mean, hops. Well, Anthony, do, hops Anthony do their part and, and James does their part. Why don't you guys ask ask uh, Damon a question about? How he brews beer. How I, how I tore my Achilles tendon. Yeah. <laughs> he's hobbling around. He's brewing beer right now because he's hobbling around. Yeah. I've got assistant brewers for that. Now you're brewing by getting over his people, right? I just manage. I just manage. It's popular, popular here at the brewery. Um, but they, I mean, there's a lot of it. You know a lot about beer. Well, that's what, I mean, yeah. I, I was going to say, you know, my brother and I, we kind of look at beer more from a consumer standpoint, right? So, like, even we know... We know part of the brewing process. I obviously, as we talk about malts and all different variations as well, it's, I know some of it and some of it's like news to me and I'm learning as I'm here, so it's always fun to learn something over some beers. But um, I like to think, uh, I, I, like my question is more like, yeah, I do have a question. I'm getting there. <laughs> my question is, so when you're brewing a beer, right? When you're brewing a beer, are you brewing it to your taste or are you actually going out and sort of testing it and focus, focus grouping it and you know, having beer drinkers drink it? Or is it more, this is your style of beer, this is what you like, and this is what you're going to put out? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think uh, the bulk of the beers we've made have been beers that Chris and I have wanted to drink. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's presumptive. I don't know if we're, you know, if that's a, an arrogant way of looking at it. But 
it's sort of you know the case where you know we're going to be drinking these beers at the end of every day and so we want to brew something we like and you know our hope is that everyone else enjoys them um so yeah now we beer we brew the beers we want to make i think all of the beers for us i mean we focus on brewing pale ales and so i think everything that we make my my hope and, and expectation is that everything we make has you know a signature of being a balanced beer and something that's approachable and easy to drink and so that's something that we look to imbue in all of the beers mm-hmm. whether it's a you know a year-round flagship beer for us or some you know seasonal specialty one-off that we make and so i think that that'll be kind of the guiding principle for us as opposed to anything else so beers we make beers that are approachable and drinkable and balanced and you know we could certainly do do more no, you studies just, you and if you guys job, want to yeah. help with that, we'd be cool. happy to have you. You should be your focus group. I will be your yeah. focus group. Bronx Beer Line. James from Bronx Ale House. Everything starts with the Bronx. So, you have a question for Damon? I know you did because you've been buying for a few years. So. <laughs> it all starts with the Bronx. Uh, well, since you're talking about malts, um, I guess something that, you know, as a non brewer, but just an appreciator, I guess, um, is thinking about in this conversation is how much would changing one malt in one of your brews change your brew the way you know you see beers come out that are single hop varieties and you can kind of taste the difference between a citrusy hop or a piney hop or you know kind of an earthier hop or something how much would changing one of your malts yeah totally change i think it depends i mean there's a just like in hops there's a range of malts right so you could have something very very lightly kilned um, you know, swapping a, a Pilsner, you know, a, a six-row malt with a, a lightly kiln Pilsner malt, you know, or Vienna malt or something of that sort, uh, negligible difference. But you know, um, without changing think, the without brewing changing process, it's brewing process, you know, your and your yeah. temperatures are all the same. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, uh, some of the so our rye has a tremendous amount of rye, and it's a quarter of the grain bill. So we treat that differently in the brew house because rye is kind of sticky and difficult to deal with in the, brew, in the mash time. But yeah, I mean, so, so the answer to the question is like, yeah, it would, things would change, but it would depend on what malt you're substituting with for what malt. I think when we crafted the recipe for our flagship LL, Chris and I sat down and sampled Maris Otter, which is a variety of barley um, from, I don't know, four or five different maltsters and they tasted drastically different. They all probably would have performed roughly the same in the brew house, but I think the, you know, the, even just sampling the, the barley itself, it, they tasted drastically different. So I'm sure they would have had huge flavor impacts. We did the right thing when we came out with this. So let's hope that Martin's doesn't great. go out of business. Hey, we'll be back in a few minutes. This is our Beer Week special episode of the Bronx Brewery on Beer Sessions Radio. Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. 
It's Beer Week in New York City. Hey, guys, it's uh, February 2015. We're up here in the Bronx at the new Bronx Brewery having a great time. I think I'm on my fourth beer, and uh, <laughs> Damien and Chris, they keep telling me, oh, this is the hot bag beer, and I'm like, what is in this beer? It's like cranberries, and tell no, us about hot bag again, because this, this, is, oh, no, this is great. This Rush. is an amazing beer. Thank you. Glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, that one's got juniper, so the spring beer for us was a series. Uh, same base beer. We've run it through a vessel in our brew house called a hot bag, and we've put different things in the hot back for each of the brews. So one you're drinking had juniper berries from uh, New York Distilling Company. So the same juniper they use in their gins. Um, and uh, so the second dark, has darker color. Any rye in there? Or? No, no yeah. rye in that beer. Um, and the second one has rhubarb. And the third one we did with cranberries from a farm upstate. So this series, um, is it available... Only at the taste room, or are you selling it no, also? No, no, that's available. Yeah, through our distributor union. Uh, so in kegs, in kegs, yeah, dry, it's draft course. only. So it's draft only. That's great, man. So. I'm, I'm going to get that for sure. That's yeah. really good. Happy this is conversation. This is New York City Beer Week. You guys and Gun Hill and a bunch of other breweries made a special smash beer, state malts and state hot beer, which has kind of been the the sensation of Beer Week this year. I mean, just a year ago, you know, uh, there was this small effort at New York City Brewers Choice that some brewers <clears> made. A small amount of uh, New York grain beers, and uh, this year the Smash Beer is huge, and uh, I'm really I really appreciate what you guys did. The New York City Brewers Guild, you know, Bronx Brewery and Gunhill and Kelson and everybody else, but these beers are are, are rocking it. And um, so so Davey from Gunhill, you're saying that you're a, a New York Farm Breweries license, so you have to you actually have, have to use a 20% of New York malt and hops in your. That's right for for the year. Yeah. So uh, what I was saying is that. Um, Right now, it's kind of, for us, for farm breweries in general, it's more of a challenge because there are only so many hop producers. Wait, so it's a farm brewery means you're not a farm. We're not a farm, but we're supposed to use a certain percentage of local ingredients, meaning ingredients grown in New York um, in 20% of our, of all, uh, it has to be, tw- encompass 20% of our ingredients for all of our beers. And are you able to get that? Right. Well, so right now for us, so we're we're fortunate that Chris, our brewer, he grows. Um, he has about ten or eleven plants upstate, and he grows hops that we use for one of our beers. And we, the only hops that we use in that beer are his hops that he grows upstate. And then another one of our beers, our frosted hop, which um, we released in late December, um, is with all hops from the Hudson Valley. So that's two of our beers that are exclusively New York State hops. So between those two beers and now the smash beer, we kind of meet our quota just with those two beers alone. Um, but we, we try and get it as much as we can. And now what I was saying before also is that there are more and more of these New York malt companies that are starting up that are ready, willing, and able to distribute down here to us. But part of the problem is that because they're so small, their, their price points are so high. And so it's almost prohibitive for us if we want to try and have the same, uh, in order, we, we have to make a decision because we want to try and, number one, support local, but also meet the requirements of our, of our license, but also not, at the end of the day, completely eat into our bottom line. And so I think that what we're going to see, is, or what we need to see, is the government continuing to help provide more infrastructure um, for these farmers to be able to grow things that and price them out at a lower price point. And then for, for both of you guys, again, for the smash beer, you guys had to work with 
kind of new to you, you know, New York Hops and, and New York Malts. I mean, what did it work for you guys? I mean, did it work in your systems? You know, is, yeah, is, is yeah. it similar, you know, quality to what you're getting from England or Germany or somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, I mean, we're excited about this beer. So, uh, you, you I know. haven't I haven't tasted ours yet. Um, it's it was kegged up before we even got a chance to sample any of it. But from all reports I've gotten, is that it, it came out great. I mean, we were smashing, smashing, <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's, a cool, it's a cool, definitely a cool idea. It's something that yeah, we'd like to do more than once a year. So it'd be fun, you know, for the guild to do this a couple times a year. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's a, I think it's a really great idea for everyone to be able to do because it just creates a sense of community and camaraderie. Um, that with not only with the aspect of competition, it, sure. exactly, and, and because you know we all do, we all use different yeast sure. strains, and we all do different things in general. We all have different things that we're. That, so let me, me ask, let me ask the retailers here: Are you guys planning to pour all the smash beers, or how do you? I mean, what is the appeal for you guys for having this guild with all of these members? I, I, was, I think it's a dream come true. I think we've been waiting for a couple of years. For New York, City, New York City Beer Week to have a focus, I think when a couple of years ago some people said, "Why don't you pick a different style of beer? Have all the brewers make an Abbey beer?" Mm-hmm. And so this is the first time where a number of the New York City breweries are making you know some theme. And I think that's exciting because mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm going to have a Jimmy's number forty three. I think we have at least five or six breweries smash beers right now, and we're still going to get some more this week. Right. I don't know yeah. about you, James. Yeah, Wait, people are selling smash beers right now. Oh yeah, what? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're still waiting on, you know, certain breweries that made their smash beer available. They tell you, you know, don't serve until craft beer week, of course. Um, but what's exciting about craft beer week um, every year is focusing on local stuff. And, and as years go by there's more and more local stuff to focus on um and that's you know definitely what what's made it great is that you know the small breweries are are really the driving force behind it and you know when there's local ones really supporting the bars and supporting the whole city as a whole to make it happen it's really great we're gonna have to go over to new york city brewers choice soon you know we're up here in the bronx now but uh, on another note so you guys are also canning so this is like what's the the breweries now in New York, you guys are, you have a brewery and you're canning here. And um, there's so many logistics involved. I mean, how do you guys, how do you guys make this happen? I mean, really. I mean, I know Damien's, yeah. you know, that's your job to make it happen. Yeah. But how do you make it happen? How do you even like... Uh, sometimes I don't. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of work. I'm like stretched. Uh, my organizational capabilities are stretched to the limits. Um, but yeah, between sourcing and contracting for raw materials and getting them here on brew day, uh, you know, getting keg collars and keg caps and finding uh, a place to store seventy five thousand cans. Yeah, every storing cans time. and four packs, yeah. uh, cartons and cases, and it's yeah, it's it's just a lot of work. I mean, you got to stay very organized to put all the pieces in play, uh, much less make the beer and package it. So. But yeah, it's part and it's part of what you have to do to be able to brew the beer. So, well, the fun part is we can go over to the Bronx Beer Hall and just drink. Yeah, I, I have to yeah, say yeah. that I think I, you guys do the hard part. Yeah. Honestly, I think that for us, like the beer bars and stuff, I think we have it easy. 
I mean, well, yeah. I wouldn't say it's that easy. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's, our it's customers tiring. have it easy. It's, tire, it's tiring for sure, but it's definitely a uh, different set of challenges. It's a lot more fun. Yeah. 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 So if I, if I go to the Bronx Beer Hall, you guys are on Arthur Avenue. That's right. And uh, there's like, you're in a market, right? There's like food places. It's the center of the Arthur Avenue retail market. So, so I can walk around and what can I get? I can get clams, I can get. Salamis. You, you can get salamis, you can get clams, you can get pizzas, you can get fresh meat right at the butcher that we serve. We serve prepared, and then you want to go take that same meat home and prepare it yourself. You can I could also I could go there and can I get food and walk it over and sit at your bar? Of course. We have our own menu. Um, we also source all of our uh, all of our products from within the Arthur Avenue retail market or the Arthur so if, Avenue. If I sit at the bar, do you have food available from the market? Yeah, yes, yeah. we have food available in the market. Very specific, uh, we have a very specific menu, but if you're interested in getting something else from within the market or anywhere else on our drive, like, what, what can I get? Sit down on our bar. Uh, with us, yeah, you can get the five most popular sandwiches at Mike's Deli. You can get the five most popular <laughs> pizzas from uh, Cafe Mercado, which is a, a old school style pizza place within the market. Um, we work with John's Pizzeria at night. We work with um, Mike's. Um, well, we're pizza. Pete's Butcher Shop, right? David, have you been over there? I have, a bunch of times. Yeah. So why don't we have a party for beer week? At the end of beer week, we should go to, you know, Bronx Beer Hall. Yeah, yeah. We should. Yeah. We should. Definitely should. That's where I want to go, man. I just, I just want to work for fun. That's it. <laughs> Let's Let's do it. Closing Brunch of 2016. That's right. Closing Brunch. Yeah, man. That's it. And then James, up, you're, you're way up. In, you're in Bronx. It's better than half Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Riverdale, right? Yeah, we're, um, there's, there's not too much left of the Bronx north of us, I guess. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so what do you have going on for, for the end of beer week to uh, wrap it up? Uh, the end of beer week, well, we'll be serving all uh, New York State beers all week, um, with the exception of um, Thursday, where we'll be um, highlighting some beers from uh, Serene, one of the smaller distributors uh, here in New York, um, and they're bringing in some Canadian brewers, Parallel Forty Nine and House Sounds. Very nice. Um, and then along with those beers and the brewers that will be there will be featuring some of their other brands, uh, Knee Deep, Logs and Farms, um, Yonkers from just north of the city, um, so. Carton, um, which we had a, a great brewery event um, last Thursday uh, with Carton, and, uh, yeah, and a couple other brands that are just really great. So this passes around. This is the, the Bronx Belgian style play in cans. That's pretty great. One thing I want to say, the history of Beer Week, I know Jimmy's number 43 has been part of it since the beginning, and what it was is there was there was Philly Craft Beer Week, which was the first craft beer week in the country, which wasn't that many years ago. And this crazy guy, Josh Schaffner, said we have to have a New York craft beer week. And he pushed it and made it happen for a few years. And then it really evolved naturally into the New York City Brewers Guild kind of forming and taking it over. So there's a lot of great history there. But, but I will say that the funny thing now is with there's so many themes that, that I almost can't even talk about it because there's so many events and so many things that are happening. The the breweries and New York City breweries are making beers with New York State hops and, and, and malts and it's like it's like it's far out, you know? It's really I think exciting. that you guys are all doing a great job. But tell us about this again, the Bronx Belgian style pale ale, Damon, because oh, I was like cheers. that beer too. Thanks. And it's so nice to be up here, man. Really it's great to have your here. home base is, is so I'm so proud of you guys. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so this, uh, this was our spring seasonal beer for a couple of years, and uh, we're making it now year-round. It's a pretty interesting beer, very yeast-forward. We use three different strains of yeast, uh, a couple Trappist uh, strains and a Belgian ale strain, some Belgian candy sugar, and uh, Belgian and German malts. And, yeah, very 
you know, it's a very yeasty beer. So it's a little bubble gummy. When it warms up, it gets a bit smoky. Get some tangerine from the yeast. Um, And then we use uh, U.S. Sterling Hop uh, in it. And it's 6.7%. So, yeah. I'll tell you what, my, my buddy Dave Nagzik, he runs the Urban Oyster Tours, and a lot of people are doing beer tourism. Somebody's got to put together a Bronx tour, you know? I mean, whoa, is whoa, it, whoa. Is it, are you doing we it? Yeah. <laughs> but tell last, year, we, last year, the Bronx Beer Hall hosted the first Great Bronx Bar Tour, um, and we visited 20 different bars in the Bronx, five different hubs, 176 different people um, participated. And part of the tour was, it wasn't just about the... Drinking, obviously, it's a big part of the Of course, they did. <laughs> but it was uh, it's about the Bronx community, right? So we had hey, um, we had the Bronx County Historical Society on these buses, giving people tours of the neighborhood and the community, and giving them historical information as they drove around in the five different hubs. How did that, that go towards the end of the? Uh... I will tell you that by the end, everyone no, kept asking the tour guides to strip <laughs> <laughs> and to dance for singles. And there were only, there were only two men standing. There were two men standing that made a bad. I'll tell you, our listeners in places like Germany and England, Michigan, California, you guys know if you come to New York, you got to go to the Bronx. You know, that's right. right. Is Brooklyn over or what? No, no. Uh, in our opinion, it never started. It's hard. It's hard. Are you guys going to do another Bronx tour? Yep, yes. Great Bronx Bar Tour. How can we, people find out about it? Uh, you, you can visit thegreatbronxbartour.com. You can visit the Bronx Beer Hall's website. But we're definitely, last time we focused really on the west side of the Bronx. This time around, we're going to focus on the Well, you sound like yeah. you used to be a radio DJ. Yeah, people say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I have a degree in music, so, you know, uh, I, uh, I specialize in just, um, in just enunciating my words and really pushing it out there. David, you've been really active in, uh, you know, the New York City Beer Week Committee. Um, you know, we just had the uh, opening night. You know, so what? What do you think about the beer week this year? You think it's it's a I think it's, a long way. It's definitely going in the right direction. I think that um, from everything that I hear from people that I know in San Francisco and, and Philadelphia, we still have a little bit of a ways to go to sort of catch up with them. And I think that we have so much potential here in New York. To and there's no reason why we shouldn't make this the best beer week in the country. Um, but this year, I thought there was it was you know under Kelly's leadership, there was it was a step in the right direction. I thought the Smash Beer was a great idea. I think that having some you know we did a really good job starting to talk to the retailers more to see what worked for them, what didn't work for them, and how what would be interesting to them. And that ultimately, it's the retailers that that really drive the week. So we need to to continue to do that going forward and listening to what they have to say. So I thought that this year we, we really took a step in the right direction. And Jenny, the Bronx Ale House, I mean, do you feel like that you've been involved in Beer Week? Do you feel like it's been a good experience for you? Yeah, I mean, we've been involved in uh, New York Craft Beer Week since uh, we started and uh, before that my experience in Manhattan. Um, beer Week existed before that. And, and the Beer Week has improved dramatically, you know, in terms of the involvement, the cooperation between the breweries and, uh, and bars like ours and, uh, you know, good beer seal bars, um, especially, but now it's, it's become more than that. It's not just craft beer focused bars, you know, the craft beer handful of bars that are really driving it. It's, it's the, the breweries and, and all the bars working together. And, you know, I feel like there's just, you don't have to be a craft beer bar 
to participate in craft beer week. You know, every bar in New York is a craft beer well, bar. That that's actually uh, one of the things that we were we were really trying to start pushing towards this year because. One of the things that I think has changed over the last year in New York City is that you're seeing more and more bars, non-craft beer bars or non-traditional craft beer bars, starting to realize that that's what people want now. And so one of the things that we talked about at an earlier meeting this year in, in, with the Brewers Guild was getting these bars involved. And there was a little bit of pushback, but I think people are starting to realize that they need to get on the boat and they need to, to be a part of it. It's very true. I mean, you know, even in our space in Arthur Avenue, what we see a lot of is that we see people who are coming up and asking for a Corona, asking for a Budweiser, asking for anything light, as light as possible, or anything that's commercially available. And it's like, have we make sure that we keep a very versatile tap line, five different five different styles, and we can fulfill whatever need it is that the customer has. Right. And therefore, they start getting into the craft beer scene. They understand, you're in Arthur Avenue already, artisanal food, you know, you're thinking about old school. It's like, all right, now it's time to give you some real flavor with your beer. So, all right. So this is it. This is New York City Beer Week. We're going to rush over down to Brooklyn to the New York City Brewers Choice tonight because it's Tuesday, yeah. February 24th. When you listen to this, there's some great people. Yeah, great people here in, in this, <laughs> the Bronx Brewery. We're in the conference room. Thanks, Chris and Damon. This is an awesome room. And um, anything else going on? Closing out New York City Beer Week in the Bronx. Who's got the best thing going on? Oh, come on. That's not fair. <laughs> I'll say this. We're celebrating our two-year anniversary this month, so all month long, it's beer month for us. At Bronx Beer Hall. At the Bronx Beer Hall. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, we have one of the greatest things going on in the Bronx, but it's not the best, right? There's room for everyone, and I'll let uh, James talk about what the alehouse is doing. <laughs> uh, well, um, I always like to say that every week is craft beer week. That's right. At Bronx Alehouse. That's why uh, you're a good brewer still, buddy. Yeah, it's all of us. <laughs> Every every week is beer week and good absolutely. Um, unfortunately, if you're listening to this, you and you weren't there, you probably missed out on uh, our third um, barrel aged beer fest. Which for the first time, we're really excited that it included um, barrel aged beers from Bronx Brewery and Gun Hill Brewery. That's great. There. But we know, man. Yeah. We, we will come back. Yeah. We'll talk more about the Bronx and a lot of exciting things. And it looks like you guys are going to put together another Bronx tour. Yes, yeah. we are. Absolutely. Now this summer, we, yeah. we know we can go up to Gun Hill and hang out mm-hmm. and uh, try Jamaican food or something. That's right. Good. That's right. Of course. <laughs> come up to the Bronx Brewery in Port Morris and hang out in the backyard this summer. That's so right. yeah, it's going to be a right. great year for beer in the Bronx. And I want to thank everybody for coming to the show. Thanks for inviting me up here. Thanks, and we're going to get a tour now of, of the Bronx Brewery, which is pretty awesome. I just saw the canning line. There's a dog. That kind of he's the boss apparently. <laughs> you know, sniffing my knuckles. But and we also thank our sponsors at Union Beer Distributors that helped to make this podcast happen tonight. Right. Thanks to Chris, Damian, Dave, James, Paul, and Anthony for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers Maggie Seiden and Justin Kennedy and our engineer impresario Jack Inslee. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right, yeah. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.